if you guys open up a bottle shop, how are you going to organize all the different beers? You go like geography, geography of style. That's a great question. Where do you go? I kind of like the geographical organization because if I know what brewery I want, it's much easier that way. And it's then when I go to this place, I'm like, yeah, I know I want like they have a, they have one wall that's all local, which I at least like. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe one section that's local, like it's all for me, the SoCal breweries, it's all the LA and San Diego spots. And then maybe the rest can be by style. I don't know. What do you think, Rich? Well, it's hard. I, I, I go through this a lot because I try to figure out like, sometimes the, the brewery geography matters. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the mm-hmm. geography of the style matters more to me. Like, you know, is this beer essentially a Belgian style beer, but it's brewed in California? If so, I think it shares kinship with other beers that are from Belgium rather than beers from California. So it's sort of fun to showcase like a Belgian style section, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There are a thousand ways to do it. I feel like more often than not, like geographically, there's somewhat like in, like I think places from new England are more like places from new England. Well, I, but usually, I, also, I, think, I know it's not I always think, the case. I think I just think picking it geographically is a little, is a little nerdy. I mean, I think, okay. like, I, I think, I think generally someone says, Hey, go try this beer. And you go to the store and ask, you know, I'm, you know, I'm saying? I don't think most yeah. people, well, it helps I don't me. think most people think about it in terms of, Oh, this is a Colorado beer or this is a, but I think it helps me though. Cause when I go to this one bottle shop, mm-hmm. I know what brewery I want. And so when I'm just scanning the aisles, I can, well, I, I like can I, easily find, and that's my like, point. I think, I think if you if you're trying to cater to people who know what who, they want. who who have a level of nerdiness to it, then I think mm-hmm. the geographical mm-hmm. thing makes sense. But like, if I'm like, Dad, you have to go try this beer. There's a place in Illinois that sells it, in Chicago that sells it. Uh, you know, he's just want, he wants to know the name of the place. He doesn't really care. Yeah. the G. You know, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? No, it does make sense. Maddie, is your what? Is your store called Nerdy Beers yeah, for Nerdy Beers? But, nerdy but you understand what I'm saying. Like, I'm, if I had a store, who am I catering to? Like, yeah. the guys are going to come in and go, oh, it's great. You've got Colorado with Colorado. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I like the idea, but I, I don't know if... I think styles are probably well, I also, better. I like, I like one brewing being all together, though. Like, I don't want to split up Prairie Ales or something, you know? Like, I don't want to split up the brewery is my one thing. Mm-hmm. What if, if you buy a case of prairie beer to, to sell, you know, buy a case of bomb or something like that, put six bottles on the prairie shelf and put six of the bottles, you know, it's a 12 bottle case, put six of the bottles in, you know, Imperial Stouts or something like that. That could work. Or, or you like could that. just do. Or it should just be digital and you order when you walk in on a screen and, and then, but then you don't get to carry it out no, to you. But I want to see the cans. I want to look at the cans and like, no. I like the logos. I, that all, that all wins me yeah. over a lot. Maddie likes looking at cans. I like looking at cans. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, or well, also what we haven't said, we've done styles that you could geographically. You could also just do alphabetically well, for breweries. Yeah. I just, I mean, like... Again, it's that's like, on the nerdier well, just, side. Well, I but. just still think, like, I don't know if I agree that I want all of the breweries in one spot. I think it depends on the brewery. You know what I mean? Because I'm saying, like, sometimes I want to... If I'm in the IPA section, I want to be able to pick IPAs from different places as opposed to, oh, this is everything... This brewery, I don't need to see all that. I'm not trying to, you know, you know what I'm saying? It depends on what I'm, I'm trying saying, to get. I think I just typically do want to see like, oh, if they have like grim ales. Then you want to, I'm like, 
okay, what do they have here, here, here? What does like Fontaflora have here, here, here? I, I, get, here? I, get, I, get, I, no. t- I tend to shop that way. But no, I totally get it. Very personal preference well, thing. And, and the thing is, I would want to do that if you told me, hey, Larry, I really love this brewery. You got to check them out. Mm. And if I went there and I was like, oh, this is all of this brewery stuff. Now I can sample some stuff. Yeah. But I'm actually going for the brewery less than for a particular beer or beer, sti- beer yeah. style. I guess it depends on what you're shopping for. Mm-hmm. It depends on who you are. It sounds as if Larry, you're hoping to you know make sure that your dad can find that beer that you're trying to recommend to him. But Maddie has a whole different level of familiarity with brewery names and you know where breweries are from and where styles are from and all that. Well, stuff. He, it's it's not even it's not even that. I'm actually trying to think if I was the shop owner, am I going to try mm-hmm. to cater to the normal person that yeah, comes in and market? buys beer or? The guy's gonna want to come yeah. in and go. I, that's what I'm. That's what I I'm thinking when I say I, like yeah. my dad. I, I think like something like the geographic style. You might also capture the more casual person who wants to get into it. Like who's oh, like, oh, I, I agree, want I to kind of be. I, oh, I want to like. That's why I've come across a few random breweries. Is like just like I almost don't know at all what I'm getting into, but I know like, oh, this is a place that's in South Carolina. And so, like, I kind of well, like, I one hundred percent see the spot. value. I one hundred percent see the value in being able to walk into a store and let's say it's Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, and I like all lo- of the I Los like, Angeles at the breweries. very least. I like a local section. Yeah, then I can be like, oh, this is fantastic, or even like California, like, oh, this is all California. Mm-hmm. I see the total value in that. I'm just trying to think if I was a shop owner, yeah, what I think it would be great to separate it that way. I don't know. What uh, our listeners at home can't see is how long and uh, shiny and twisty Maddie's mustache is. He's, oh, he's got the, the yeah. full-on <laughs> handlebar uh, waxed mustache. Got suspenders. You're, uh, you're nice and nice and <laughs> beverage nerdy, Maddie. Maddie. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Liquid Bread. As always, I'm Maddie Smith. Oh wait, me. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, with me is my buddy. You don't even Larry. got my name. With me is my buddy Larry Bates. <laughs> what did do? He was waiting. For, he was waiting for a tag. I was waiting for someone for to himself, say, "Hey." But he it was. For I was him. waiting for my what it do. Um, so we got Larry Bates. <laughs> to do everything yourself, Maddie. I love that. <laughs> we got rich. We got rich Higgins, Master Cicerone. Oh, t- a tag. Yeah. What's your? <laughs> you what's, happen- what's happening today, guys? <laughs> I'm the. We're doing great. Lord of Burps. The Lord of the Burps. Lord of Burps. Oh yeah, no. Well, I only give you nicknames on the main episodes because it's it's there's. I have to say that was pretty dope. Finite. Lord of Burps is good. Oh, that was pretty dope, Maddie. You go. Welcome. I'm I'm Maddie Smith. <laughs> no one's gonna say anything, man. No, I'm just using the rhythm of it. Oh <laughs> boy. We respect anyway. you to, too much to interrupt. Oh, we haven't man. even had. Yeah, any we haven't even started yet. drinking. No, no. But welcome to our taster episode. Uh, today we're gonna have. We got a double taster. We got a two twosome taster twosome. Tasty yeah, man. Yeah. Both from a great brewery up in Portland, Oregon, called Cascade Brewing. Do you have anything you want to say about the brewery itself? Uh, yeah, it's a great brewery. They're kind of pioneers of of American style sours, or I should say, sour beers in America. Oh wow! They hold that title with a handful of other breweries. They're not the only ones that did it, but they opened up in two thousand six, I believe, doing sours, which is kind of you know the dark ages for sour beer in the United States. It's great stuff. It's um, it all touches oak, and uh, a lot of it has fruit in it. Um, they've got all sorts of well, we'll get into the, the bugs in, in a bit here, but um, you know, when I talk about uh, they, they all have different sorts of bugs, that's a, that's a euphemism for different sorts of um, things that ferment the beer uh, that add tons of different flavors, and it's just complex uh, complex stuff that is just fantastic with food. Awesome. So there. Uh, I, I like I like sours a lot. I know you do. You're gonna like these. These are very. I love this. I love this spot, but I only went once, and I was very drunk. I had my <laughs> wife and I were in Portland visiting. Her sister lives up there, and oh, wow. we had eaten at this restaurant that I think is called Kachka. 
and it's a um a russian restaurant and it's like authentic russian food so i could not tell you a single thing we ate oh wow. other than there was like caviar <laughs> was it very roe good at some point it was we loved it i remember loving it that's all that matters i think there was like pickly fishy fish eggy stuff yeah i think you'd be into it it was Every, like weird stuff but we also had some russian pickly liquor. fishy that's my middle name. Yeah, we had Russian liquor, and then we hopped on some bird scooters. Probably a bad idea. And we, well, I was like, what's the nearest brewery? We found this sour ale place. And I remember sitting at a barrel and loving it. Don't know what I drank. But I give it a thumbs up. for. Wow, the, that sounds the, like quite the evening. The drunken post-Kochka experience. I know. Almost how you started off the, um, uh, started off the taster where you didn't, you didn't know your so, name. Or know, your t- <laughs> <laughs> know what you're going to say. He's having a flashback. Um, so I, I will say, Maddie, to sort of uh, take a kernel of, of knowledge from, from your story, that brewery is hard to, you know, it's kind of hard to, to remember which beers you have for yeah. a number of different reasons. Um, first of all, they have a ton of different varieties. You know, you go into the tap room, they probably have 20 or 25 different beers on, on tap, um, as well as a bunch of different beers and bottles too. And then they've got different sort of verticals of these beers. Some, you know, they release a lot of these beers multiple times a year. Sometimes they just release them once a year. Sometimes they release them every three years, you know, so there's just a lot of different years uh, attached to these things. And something that I really like about this brewery is that it, it kind of reminds me of an old world brewery, you know, I shouldn't say old world, but you know, like a lot of European breweries where they have a house character and a lot of their beers just really taste similar. They have this like stamp of cascade-ness to, uh, to their beers. And so, while, you know, you're certainly recommended to sort of tease apart all the different flavors and appreciate all the different fruits and, and uh, different blends of, you know, this and that that go into these beers. So they have their own personality. Overall, they're all just really well made mm-hmm. and they're really fairly assertively sour, oaky, fruity beers. So they're, they're, they're fun beers. Yeah. And I should say I've since, I've since, because I like the place now, I've since bought it because it's pretty available mm-hmm. um, and I always enjoy it. I believe I've had one of the two that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, today, but I was actually been really good. I was surprised to see um, that the prices have dropped a lot too. I'm not sure uh, why that is. Um, I know that for a long time they were, you know, they're one of the standard bearers of putting in the time and the ingredient cost and the oak cost and all that, and it makes for quite expensive beers. And I know a lot of folks that really like sour beers are like, "Oh, Cascade's great," but you know, I don't feel like paying thirty or forty bucks for a bottle of it. But nowadays, it seems like every Cascade I see is like, you know. 12 or 13 bucks. So, oh, that's good. Uh, and that's for a full seven, 750 milliliter bottle, but um, they've got cans of stuff that uh, that's even less expensive too. smaller portions. I should say, it's not cheaper beer, but it's just smaller portions. So um, yeah, this stuff's becoming more accessible and uh, the quality is still fantastic. I, I'm excited. Cause I've never, I've never had Cascade. It's going to be great. So well, we're cool. going to start uh, our first beer is going to be Cascades Figaro, a barrel aged blonde ale with fig and citrus peel. You picked both of them out. Um, anything in particular struck you about this? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, Manny, what, what year do you have on yours? You've you got um, a 750 milliliter bottle there. Oh, yes. Is it 2015? Uh, 2015. Okay, cool. I think that's the most recent um, release of this stuff. It, it wasn't released in 2015, but it, it was first made, first brewed in 2015. Um, I mean, what's in your bottle was brewed in 2015 and was released probably 2018. Um, so it spends several, several months in oak. And then uh, during that time, um, it, uh, it ferments. It's, uh, it's a couple different types of blonde ales. So they've got uh, different yeast, different primary yeast that will ferment them in different barrel sizes. But then they'll blend all the different blonde ales. And um, after that process, they add a bunch of different flavor adjuncts, you could call them generally. But uh, specifically, they've got orange peel in this, lemon peel, and dried figs. Dried, uh, they're calling them white figs. Um, so I don't know if they're uh, Smyrna or Calmyrna or what, um, what sort of fig they are. But 
they add them at multiple junctures and um, they try to get just a ton of different um, kind of interesting fruit flavor, primary flavors from the fruit, but also various flavors uh, from the fermentation that occur when the fruit ferments, um, in addition to the fermentation flavors from the beer too. So a lot of different stuff going on. And um, yeah, so we got two different ones here, uh, Cascade Figaro, and then also we're going to do um, Song Rouge or Sang Rouge, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Oh, smell but it, uh, smell these it. two beers are, are super different from each other. Oh, and um, do you actually, sorry, I should ask you before, because we we're going to do both. Do you, should we pour both right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always kind of an educational opportunity Great. to taste things side by side, go back and forth. So yeah, if you got uh, both bottles and extra glasses, uh, go ahead and pour them, pour them both. Great, yeah. So the Sang Sang Rouge, and we have different years for our Sang Rouges. Is okay, yeah. Mine's a 2015. What? what oh, yours you is a 15. That? Oh, I thought. You, yeah. I thought you, sorry, my bad. Oh, uh, yeah. Ours is a 15, also. So just like uh, yeah, I, I texted you earlier, 16, but I was wrong. Oh, okay. What can I expect from an older? I mean, we kind of talked about this stuff a lot, but what can I expect from an older sour? Like if this was, if you had a Sang Rouge from 2016, one from 2015, whether mm-hmm. or not that exists or is available, what could I expect from one versus the other? Yeah, so the main things that occur when you age beers, but especially sour beers and especially beers that have a lot of, you know, kind of, I, I keep saying bugs, a lot of stuff in them like uh, Britannomyces and Lactobacillus, Pedococcus, a lot of different um, souring and uh, earthy smelling um, uh, bacteria and yeast. What happens is the fruitiness, the fruit aroma from the fruit declines, the color of the fruit declines, the acidity of the beer eventually will decline a little bit um, and can also end up increasing its salinity. So some of the acids that are in the beer will actually end up turning into salts. And so the beer can taste a little less sour, a little bit saltier with with time. And we're talking like five, six, seven years at, the, at, at that point. You're not going to notice it too quickly. Uh, and then is what that, happens is... that is, necessarily a bad thing? No, not, it's not oh, bad okay. at all. It's, oh, I mean, these okay. beers age nicely and it's nice to have you know, it's nice to have beers from from different years, and they, they are going to taste different. But it's not it's not a decline in quality. Great. Um, yeah. Sh- sorry, I hope I wasn't saying. No, you weren't. I just heard salty, and I was like, yeah. Mm. Well, it's not going to taste like overtly salty. But if you you know if you lick your lips after after taking a sip, you might be able to taste a little bit of saltiness on there. Um, and then beyond that, <laughs> uh, they're in it. Like licking your like, lips. Yeah. To see what that's like. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. And then uh, finally, um, with, with all the, the various kind of wild and souring or- microorganisms in there, um, the longer they have uh, to hang out in there, generally the more earthy and kind of wild uh, the beer's going to end up tasting. So it's going to go, fruitiness in general will decline while some of the earthiness will increase. Cool. Yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, taste the, the Figaro. And uh, I need to actually free up a glass. <laughs> so yes, taste it, and uh, let me let me grab a so glass and figure out. Get the sun rouge. Popped it. I could smell it like so much of it. I thought I was getting a little vanilla, but mm. it's very sour. Oh, I don't think it's very it's sour at all. Oh, I think it's pretty sour. Maybe I, I just sour. haven't had sour things lately. So, Maddie, vanilla is, or sorry, uh, Larry, vanilla is a, a good call, and it's um, that's probably coming from the oak. Yeah, I mean, I like this because I like sours, but. I've had a more sour beer. You've had more sour? I'd had this. I'd say this is pretty sour. It's. I mean, it's a sour. I'd say quite sour. It's not. It's not making me go. Mm. It's not making me pucker pucker. <laughs> well, that's kind of a good thing. Uh, generally, a brewer doesn't want you to. No, you know, recoil. You don't want you to recoil in pain. This <laughs> real puckering reaction. It's good. It's very. There's a lot of flavor. <clears throat> it is. I smell almost like a honey to it. Mm. I'm there. 
So honey's another good call too. With with time, some of the some of the brighter flavors in the beer will sort of ripen, and so you might get instead of uh, sort of any sweeter aromas, they're going to turn into a little bit more honey and uh, caramel aromas. Mm. Um, some of the fruit aromas that of like fresh fruit or underripe fruit are going to end up tasting a little bit more sort of just ripe or dried or stewed or candied fruit. So that's that's part of the aging process too. Mm. God damn it! I, I love a sour. <laughs> I really love a sour. <laughs> It's okay, tasty. so let's talk about um, if you had to come up with three descriptors for this beer, what, what are the three most important traits? What are the three most important things you get? I mean, our, we have to say sour, right? Yeah, sour. I don't think you can avoid <laughs> it. Yeah, so sour. That just leaves two more things. What are the most important things? It's, it's making me think, and I don't know if this is answering your question, but and I know it's a weird thing, but it, it reminds me of when I was a kid and we'd be running off in the woods picking blackberries. Oh, you're having a ratatouille moment. I'm, I'm being serious. Like me and my buddies, we'd run around. We'd just get these blackberries, and we would just fucking sit and like eat these blackberries. And we, you know, we'd put some sugar on it. But sometimes you get like a sour blackberry. That's just, I mean, it's kind of sweet but sour. But it's just kind of, mm. you know what I mean? Where you just kind of taste like it almost feels like it's still on the on the on on the on the plant. You know what I mean? It's really fucking. God, just I just took me back to being seven years <laughs> old cute. in Leesville, Louisiana. <laughs> That's great. That's a really cute image. Very cute. Little Larry eating berries. Uh, so I'm getting a little bit of a. I'm getting, I guess, the, the, to answer your question, I'm getting some fruitiness, but it feels like a, it feels like a, uh, like a, I'm going to say a green fruit, but I don't mean that, but like a, not, not. I almost think it tastes like something ripe. with seeds in it or something. Yeah. Like there's a, yeah. I don't know. Like this is. Am I making any sense my... or do I sound crazy? Well, you know, no, like, I think... like, like, you know, sometimes when we say banana, you go like a green banana or a yellow mm-hmm. banana. It just tastes mm-hmm. like a. It doesn't taste like a fully ripe, like an underripe berry. Yes, like an underripe berry mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. I'm getting. Yeah. So this is this is sort of the the, the mind fuck of of these beers, if if you will. Um, there's so much sourness here, and that's a taste, and that's coming from from the fermentation primarily. Um, so when I say that, we're talking specifically um, lactic acid bacteria that will produce lactic acid and make a beer sour, you know, while they ferment. And then the aromas of this, because they have aged for a while. Um, the aromas are actually riper than you think they are, but because the sour is so assertive, it takes you back to having an underripe fruit that, that blackberry that might still be a little bit red. It's not, you know, exactly. maybe a little bit hard still, right? It's not fully ripe yet. Right. So what I'm, so I'm not crazy in what I'm describing. Yeah. No, you're not, but it's the brewer that's messing with you. So, so do the, do the nose trick on this beer, take a sip and acclimate your palate to the sourness, but keep your nose plugged during that. Okay, and it's going to taste super sour and swallow it and kind of get sick of the sourness and then breathe out through your nose and think about those fruit aromas. Do they smell ripe and soft or do they smell still sort of really kind of tart underripe? Okay, when you plug your nose, it really is a different experience with this one. Usually it is, but this one, it's the sour. <laughs> it's intense. It's yeah, it's a lot. It's it's all, that almost <laughs> does get into that unpleasant territory. As I like it a lot without it, but are you not getting that? Mm-hmm. I just maybe my t- my tongue is like so in tune to sourness that I don't. You love sour. I just don't. I mean, sour. it's this. I could drink this all fucking day. <laughs> nose plug, nose not plug. I just. I'm That's serious. Hilarious. I don't. I don't feel like. Ooh, it's almost. Do you too taste? Sour. The, do you taste the difference? Because I feel like it. It definitely feels like a different overall tasting experience when I have my nose plugged. It's almost like the honey side of it, or the fig, or the fruity side of it. 
cuts the sourness like it mm-hmm. i want to say dulls but that makes it sound bad but it's a good it, it it's, yeah, it's it, tem- a, it tempers it balances yeah, there's like it buffers a, has an effect that like cuts into that sour that so you're really saying nice. you're saying when you hold your nose it almost is wrecking it's almost like your... fully sour yeah wow it tastes like i lose that nice fruitiness and it just is mm-hmm. like here's sour for you to me it so feels the- like a regular beer going over mm. my tongue and until that's I, nuts come I'm, on larry i'm being dead serious? serious i'm not i'm not joking to you oh, i'm serious I'm dead serious. Wow. Well, I don't want to belabor this too much because I, I don't know what I don't know what the entertainment value is here on the podcast. But well, they're drinking the beer. The three of us are drinking here. But here's the thing: I love sour. I eat sour stuff all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We used to like yeah, intense flavors you. and ge- like you like super fermented stuff. You like very spicy stuff. Yes. But he also mm. loves a good Schwartz beer too. I do. So I do. You're he's right. a Renaissance man. He's got mm. a Renaissance palate. Many layers. But but let's Can let's look. I Let's am getting vanilla. Makes... I get vanilla when I mm-hmm. I get vanilla when I um when I unplug my nose. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let me introduce a couple ideas here. First of all, uh, IPAs like a West Coast IPA is really bitter, and it would be almost undrinkable if it didn't have something to balance that hardness, that bitterness. Okay, and one form of one thing you can use to balance is sweetness. Okay. But a lot of West coast IPAs are not sweet. What they use instead to balance that bitterness is the aromas of sweet, ripe fruits and flowers. Okay. And so the same thing is occurring in this beer, instead of it having an assertive bitterness, it gets that, that hardness that is that intensity from sourness. And without the aroma of fruits and a little bit of spice that, that vanilla hint it's well, to most people, I would argue too sour on its own. Larry might disagree. But when you have the aromas of the sweet fruits and that, that lusciousness, that honey and some of that vanilla, it softens. It, it plays a trick in your brain and softens the, the intensity of that sourness. Now, when I talk about the ripeness, and again, this is neither here nor there. A lot of people aren't going to care about this. But if you want to nerd out about this stuff, there are fruit aromas in here. And when you taste it all, you know, when you're breathing and, and tasting at the same time, these fruits seem unripe. They seem just really intense and sour. Uh, but then actually what I'm trying to have you do is separate that sourness from the aroma. And what I get off this on the aroma fruit wise is just like ripe, uh, like stewed soupy, uh, like apricots and, and, uh, and peaches. You also get, uh, or I also get certainly some citrus, which is, it's yeah. hard for that ever to lose its, its, uh, sourness. So that doesn't really work the way things like, you know, berries and, and, uh, and stone fruits might for the, for the sourness and the ripeness idea. Um, but this beer does have orange peel and lemon peel added to it. So it's definitely going to give you that kind of mm, I do get the peel. continued legacy of, of sour citrus in the aroma. How about the fig? You guys getting a lot of fig? I, it's hard. It feels like wrapped up in like honey fig. Like, yeah. in, like a get, fig I'm on getting, a charcuterie plate that's had honey poured on it. So yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not getting it's a, a strong sense of fig, but there's something mm. sweet and honey-ish kind of happening. Yeah. So I don't get any fig. I mean, I, I, maybe I get a little bit, but if you gave me this beer blind and said, what fruit has yeah, been added think, to this beer, yeah. I, could, I couldn't say fig. I think it's really subtle. I um, called it Figaro, though. It is funny. It, it is Figaro. It is more mm. sour to me when I just let the aroma hit me. Like I'm really? Getting, I'm, getting the, I'm getting the flip of what you guys are getting. <laughs> totally opposite, yeah. I'm totally Well, Larry, you know, I mean, that's the thing. This stuff is super subjective, and, you know, you're, you're – you're thinking of your own memories when you drink this stuff. Like I don't, it doesn't make me think of, you know, picking blackberries as a kid, but you know, I guess that's, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying like, 
we bring our own experiences to all this stuff. Sounds like you're saying it's wrong. (laughs) Sounds like you're saying it's wrong. Whenever it says, I'm not saying saying it's wrong. I didn't say you said it was wrong, but no one is getting, no one is thinking of picking blackberries as a kid. (laughs) Larry, you're a perfect little angel. You've never done anything wrong. (laughs) Uh, Vanilla and honey. uh, Those are Mm -hmm. other bits of complexity to this. This beer is not only about sourness and fruit, but the vanilla is coming from Oak. All right. So this was aged for, you know, at least 18 months in Chardonnay barrels, I think a, a combination of different sizes too. So you get um, different amounts of wood in there and, and vanillin is uh, is a compound that's in oak. And so you're gonna be able to get that in your wine. If you age wine in oak, you're gonna get that in your beer. If you age beer in oak, uh, vanilla is a huge aroma um, in, uh, uh, in bourbon and bourbon is very heavily oaked as well. Yeah. So look for, look for that vanilla. And then the honey, I think is just a ripeness that occurs from both adding really ripe dried figs for one, uh, but also having a lot of age on this beer. Things get honeyish and ripe and caramelly and kind of softer with age. And so that's, um, I think that's a development of, of an aroma that wouldn't have been there three or four years ago. So let me throw this back at you then, because I felt like you had three things that you said that what would the reason the three things, what was yeah. the, what was the right answer to the question? <laughs> I'm thrilled you brought this back. I, I, wanted, <laughs> I, love I, I was putting you guys on the spot. But there's a great cheat that uh, that you can use that sommeliers use that cicerones use, but it actually bears a uh, a bit of um, I don't know illumination in there, some some wisdom in there. So if you have trouble coming up with specific fruits or specific spices, it might be because they're not a lot of them. Or I think what is more the more the case in this beer, they're in there harmoniously, and so they meld and they don't you know they, they don't stick out too much. And I think that's a sign of quality in this beer. This beer has intensity aromatically. It has aromatic intensity. So you can smell the beer, you know, a few inches away from the glass. The aromas are really jumping out. It has complexity as well. So multiple different fruits, multiple different, uh, you know, you got some spice in there. You got a little bit of honey in there. Um, There also certainly some earthiness. So let's not forget that. So there's intensity and there's complexity, but it's harmonious. Nothing's sticking out. There are no jagged edges in this beer other than maybe the sourness. Uh, and so I think that is a fun thing about this beer. So Maddie, if I'm going to come up with three descriptors for this, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, this is frustratingly vague to me. I want to come <laughs> up with more specific, more specifics, but I don't think they're necessarily appropriate if you're only going to have three descriptors. I'd say sour, uh, harmonious, um, complex or, or earthy. If you want to throw in earthy, I think we haven't talked about earth, but it's definitely there. You guys smelling some of that, uh, some of that like wet wool, horse manure, maybe even a little bit of cow manure, some stinky cheese, mm-hmm. some like decaying leaves. Definitely stinky cheese. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like cooked, uh, yes. wet cooked sauteed porcini mushrooms. Mm. There's, there's some funk in there. There is yeah, a little that, bit of funk. Um, no, there's, a good, there's funk. a good amount of There's a good I amount of funk. I had the thought earlier and I was afraid. Mm. So, and just describing those things on their own make a beer sound like shit. Like, why would you ever want mm. that in your beer? Why would you ever want that in your cheese? You know, but in small amounts, they can add a really <laughs> yeah. incredibly I mean, delicious, savory, otherworldly complexity. I think we've had this before, but like this with, I want a cheese plate with this. Yeah. Like it really, it really, it does. really demands it like really a big does hunk of that. funky cheese. Yeah. Well, um, you guys have a cheese plate with you, right? You learned from the last taster we did? No, we blew it. We blew it. I thought Larry might bring one over. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't have one either because I actually already ate my uh, my brie and apples because um, oh. I couldn't not. I Son of a this guy didn't tell us about the brie and apples. Brie and apples holding out great. This is a good beer. Um, it's great, and I would. I mean, Larry, I know you don't think it's that sour, but I think if I wanted to give someone a sour beer with, I would tell them the caveat: it's very sour. But I'd also be like, this is a really great one. 
to try out to get you into this. Uh, it is a sour. I'm just saying I'm really thrown. I, I, it is more sour to me when I inhale it, when my nose is open. But there mm. you go. Well, Larry, there, there are a couple different things going on here. So first of all, there's the sourness that you can taste, and that's the presence of acids. Um, but those aren't really aromatic acids. Or I, I shouldn't say that. They're like lactic acid and acetic acid are the two primary acids that make a sour beer sour. And most brewers try to limit the amount of acetic acid. That's vinegar, okay? Because it smells like vinegar. It's really pungent. It's in your face, okay? So lactic acid is much more elegant acid in most sour beers. That's what brewers strive for. So what happens though, is there are other acids that you can smell. Uh, and in particular, there's, there's an acid and an ester in here that are pretty solventy and almost um, uh, like nail polish remover like, and that's uh, the, the nail polish remover thing is called ethyl acetate. And that's formed from acetic acid and ethanol coming together. So there's a little bit of acetic acid, a little bit of vinegar in here. And there's also a little bit of uh, that nail polish remover, that solventy aroma. And so those two things make it smell more sour, make it smell a little bit mm. kind of pungent, vinegary and gassy, almost like uh, like solvent or gasoline a little bit. I don't think any brewer wants a ton of that in their beers, but having a little bit of that is okay. And it's also part and parcel of oxidative aging. And so there's a little bit of oxidative aging that occurs here that the brewers want that'll help to, to soften and ripen some of the some of the aromas in the beer, give it a little bit more of a kind of a nutty, honey, sherry edge to it, um, which I think is really fun. So cool. that's maybe that's some of the stuff you're getting. Cool. Shall so, we, so shall we move on to the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candidate? Let's keep in mind. So a lot of people think white wines are more sour than red wines, and that's a really hard thing to measure because there's so much diversity in white wines and red wines. But a lot of people say like, "Oh, I want a red wine because I don't just want sourness. I want some. I want some oak. I want some tannin stuff like that. That makes that kind of mellows the the wine out." And the same thing is going to occur here going from our Figaro to our, uh, to our Song Rouge. So Song is spelled S-A-N-G. It's French for blood. And Rouge is red. So it means kind of red blood. Uh, and that's, I think, kind of a joke, first and foremost, on the fact that it's a bold red beer. And so it's got a, you know, it's got a little intense name like that. But it also is the blood life of their, um, of their sour program, this red, um, sour red ale uh, that's aged in, in oak gets blended into a ton of different uh, beers um, that Cascade brews. So Song Rouge is a sour beer just like Figaro, and it's got fruit added to it, but it's got a lot more tannin. And how did that tannin get there? It gets, the, it gets there because there are a lot of cherries that are added to this. So it gets tannins from the pits of the cherries. And, um, and so because of that, it's just as sour as the Figaro, but you might experience that sourness differently because it's balanced a little bit by tannins the way a red wine is often just as sour as a white wine, but it doesn't necessarily seem as sour when you drink it. Oh, wow. This is good. That's really good. This is really fucking delicious. I think I, I like it more than the Figaro. Yeah, I think I, I like them both. But yeah, there's something there. It, it, it feels thicker in my mouth for some reason. Mm-hmm. So that's probably tannins. I mean, it does have a different set of... Actually, yeah, another, another source of tannins is going to be the, the barrels too. So it's got a different blend of barrels and barrel sizes than the Figaro has. I'm not sure exactly which barrels they use and which size they use, but talking about different size oak or different size barrels. What we're talking about is something like a regular wine barrel is usually about 50 or 55 uh, gallons. Um, and so there's a certain ratio of if you fill it up with beer or wine, that that wine touches the oak at a certain ratio. But if you have a larger barrel, there's less oak 
surrounding the beer, then, you know, the, the ratio changes. So there's more beer inside the barrel that's not actually touching the oak. So smaller format barrels will usually yield more tannin to the beer and so or to the wine. And so this beer has more tannin to it. And that's in part from the oak and in part from the, the cherries and the cherry pits that were added to it. So and that tannin is going to give more structure, more thickness and more body to the beer. And so that's, you know, that's a nice, elegant thing about the beer, but it also helps to temper some of the acidity. It's very good. You know, I, I hate to keep going back to the close the nose thing, but here, Rich, I think what I experience when I close my nose and drink it is saltiness. Mm-hmm. Like it feels salty, mm-hmm. but that does not translate to sour to me. They're two different things. I know. So yeah. it's like when I open my nose, then I get like, then I then I get a sense of sourness. But like when mm-hmm. I'm just with both of them, I just did both of them drinking with my nose plugged, and I I do get saltiness, which you know I mm-hmm. love, but I don't. It doesn't feel overly salty or overly sour to me. I'd say I agree with you on this one. Like on this one, I don't get as much of the sour like punch. The Figaro honestly mm-hmm. is like almost hard to swallow when I was holding my nose. Like it felt like it was like mm-hmm. a little bit of a chore to swallow it. Again, this sounds like I'm saying negative things about it. I really like it. Just don't plug your nose. But the the uh, saying the song Rouge, I think is, yeah, I don't. I get less sour. I think when I'm when I'm sipping, and I do kind of get the saltiness as well. So let me prove to you both of you. I, it sounds like Larry's the the one who needs some convincing that how sour this beer is. Do this to either of the beers. You guys don't have any food with you, right? You don't have any anything to chew on or, or have a palate cleanse or anything like that. No. All right. This might sound a little bit gross, then, but we need to reset your tongue a little bit. So just lick the back of your hand. You don't have to like, Great. you know, try to slobber it off or dissolve mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. But just t- take a quick little lick okay. and then take a tiny little sip of either of the beers and then think about how much you salivate, how much your salivary glands go into total overdrive. And what that is, is it's a physiological response. It's a, it's a reflex where you're, Salivary glands pump out tons of saliva, frankly, to help dilute the acid that you just put in your mouth. Larry, what's this look? This is not happening to Larry. Larry doesn't no, produce I'm saliva. Just, no, I do produce. I think. I think. I think. I, I, I think. I, I, think <laughs> I do sour. I think I do sour too much. <laughs> I mean, I probably. I probably drink vinegar every day. <laughs> your skin is sour. I'm just saying, like it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's not sour, so don't think I'm saying it's not a sour beer. I believe it's a sour beer. It's sour. Mm. I'm just saying I'm not having the extreme reaction to the sourness. I'm like, yeah. ooh, you know, there's certain things I can get, but ooh, like a, oh, that's really, really, this is good. This is like, <laughs> this is just smooth to me. It's not like, mm-hmm. ooh, puckery. Good. But I do well, get, good. but I do get the citrus, the citrusy sour, the kind of, you know, that kind of like, like you said, the peel, the orange peel, the mm. lemon peel. I get that 100%. I'm just saying it's <laughs> not extreme it's not it's not extreme to me yeah yeah okay well cool that's all well yeah we, we all have you know as i mentioned you know different experience with all this stuff and um it, it does end up being quite subjective i love it i love it though me. i love both of them i try to make this stuff as predictable as possible but it definitely is, uh, is, is <laughs> hey so wait rich so if you had three descriptors for this one mm-hmm. for the song rouge what would you give it uh i would say Sour, malty, dark fruit. Mm. Definitely malty. malty yeah. Like that malty mm-hmm. is one is one hundred. I think that's what I'm experiencing is like that kind of yeah. extra so body is, and yeah, it does have it has the body of that, that we associate with with maltiness in a beer. However, it's not a particularly 
malty beer. It's just coming up with, with these things that are, that are reminding me of all this maltiness. So it's got some more body to it. It does have a little bit of kind of a, a dark toast, a dark bread aroma um, underneath all that fruit. God, it just smells like red wine too. Now I smell it. So that's where I'm, I'm sort of like inventing this maltiness, you know, mm-hmm. but the fact is it's got, you know, virtually zero residual sugar, you know, zero residual carbohydrates because they've all been fermented. Um, but it has some body and some structure and backbone that most beers get from malt, but this beer in fact gets from, from tannin. So I probably just completely undercut what I was saying earlier by saying malty was in those top three descriptors. No, that works. I think it made sense. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the Figaro is definitely more sour. Than, yeah. Than the, I think so. Than the same, yeah. The same Wait, route. so, so rich, this is, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of the Flanders red ale. Would mm-hmm. you, is this, this is a, is this a Flanders red? Like it, I know it doesn't call itself that it feels like it has enough similarities to me. Mm to kind of fit in that range i mean i can't we... first of all i can't i can't allow that to slide though no that saying that this is this is less sour than the oh. figaro <laughs> okay wait actually they are equal sourness as far as p- measurable sourness the ta the um total acidity and and um and the ph <laughs> these beers are equally sour but, but you would agree that them. you experience it differently yes that's, i do experience that's, it differently. that's all i'm saying that's yeah, all i'm saying perce- i'm just perceived i'm just a, i'm just talking about how i perceive it i definitely mm, perceive yeah. The Figaro to be more sour, yep. not soul crunching, sour as um, you guys are saying. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think the the Saint Rouge is. The, I don't experience <laughs> it as, as sour. So yeah. excuse me, Rich, it's, for for not using the correct that the correct terminology. Rich, Rich threw okay, up so his I'm, hands and was like, "Excuse me." I'm, he was I'm like, "He's like, yeah, Rich." He's like, "Yeah, I, Maddie." Fuck no, that, sorry, fuck, we need fuck to, that question. I got to get back to what Larry just said. Gotta take my ball and go home. Uh, um, what were you asking, Manny? Oh, about it being. <laughs> I was just asking. No, I was just saying. Is this oh, a? Oh, oh. Ooh, the dog's getting up, down, off. That dog's gonna attack you. Dog's guys. getting excited. He doesn't like Larry's. She doesn't like Larry's take. Um, no. she thinks it's plenty sour. Yeah. Oh, it was it was? Is this a Flanders red? Because it feels oh, like. It, oh yeah. It no no. You would say no. Not a Flanders. No. It doesn't have uh, enough. It's got, it's got some crossover, but uh, I think Flanders really. It's important to have more um, more. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Ethyl acetate. It needs to have a little bit more of that nail polish remover aroma. It also needs to have large format oak. Well, this is also, so I would say a, a Flanders red is predicated on, on a couple different things. First of all, you need to have some sort of oxidative. Well, yeah. So Flanders reds and Flanders browns are not really different from each other in Belgium. They're not seen as different from each other. There's sort of a continuum. But when we learned about them in, in the States, we really like to pigeonhole these beers into different styles. And so the Flanders red style is known for being fermented oxidatively. And so it gets that nail polish remover uh, aroma in there. And beyond that, it's usually uh, made in large format oak. So you don't get, and the oak is also, well, as I say, it's neutral. It's not neutral, but you don't get as much oakiness in there. You don't get as much tannin in there because it's such large format. It's these huge oak containers called fooders. Uh, and the beer doesn't really interact with the oak nearly as much as it does in a smaller container. And so when I taste Song Rouge, I'm getting lots of oak off of it. Uh, and that's that's primarily because it's smaller format oak. And then beyond that, it doesn't have that nail polish remover aroma in high enough quantities for me to consider this uh, to be a, a Flanders Red. Okay. And a Flanders Red is what you said you think of when you think of beer. 
No. No. What was it? What was the style that I think of when I think of beer? Yeah, you remember we. Uh, never mind. I mean, I, I think I think I've said Pilsner. I might have said no, Mal- and Saison. I, I mean, Saison Dupont is like a. No, I go-to. think you said Flanders. Flanders Reds are just my fave. I know, I but I think that's what you said. I just I just feel like because I, I just feel like there were some similarities here. I know, too, but I think I remember an episode where you said because it's your fave when you think of beer, that's what you think of beer tasting like. It'd be good to go into Nerdy the... Nerdy McNerd face. I'm trying to think. Until the volumes. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, sure. I might have said something like that. Yeah, I think... I, I'm no, pretty no. sure. Because I feel like when I... Th- but I think I wouldn't... I wouldn't say like a default beer is that, though. Yeah. I'd say like... Yeah, I beg to differ. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Are you this? Anyway. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but just that's why I asked Rich because it felt like it had some of the similar. It's not worlds away. Yeah, you know, there's there's some crossover. It's sour. It's got a lot of um, kind of a burnt caramel aroma, a lot of a lot of cherry aroma. Um, you know, that's definitely part of a Flanders red. And you may have said this, but Cascade generally does sours. Yeah, okay. yeah, they, they pretty much only do sours. They have they have some clean beers that they that they sell. I don't think they're under a Cascade label though. So it's a little bit like Taru, uh, Brewery Taru, how they're just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like Jolly Pumpkin. You know, there are a lot of breweries Jolly that, that oh. made their name on on mm-hmm. sour beers. I mean, Brewery Taru is different. They, you know, the brewery made their name not doing sour beers, but yes. then um, opened up Taru as, as a sour-only line. Um, but yeah, if you go to Cascade, the, the brew pub in Portland, or the, uh, the tap room in, in uh, Southeast Portland, um, you know, they've got a good... Uh, I, I think, when was their last night in it? German-style Pilsner, Italian-style ooh, Pilsner. Ooh, yeah, it was delicious, and uh, you know the West Coast IPA. You know they've got they've got some straight ahead beers that non sour fans would would enjoy. I see. Um, but I don't know that they're actually called Cascade uh, beers. Okay, so I have a question then about these these two sours. So it's th- it's 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 November this month. Thanksgiving is happening, and I got a call. I got a phone call. Rich It's from Joe Biden. Oh, the end of the month. Cool. The president? Yep, from the president. He yeah, called. President he called. Joe him? Biden called. He called. He called me. He I didn't know you guys were tight. Uncle I, yeah, Joe. We, Uncle we, Joe. We, it's been a while since we talked. He's busy lately. Yeah, he's busy lately. I, was, I would say lately he's been busy. But um, so at the end of the month, he's got to pardon this turkey. He's got a big ceremony. Mm-hmm. He's going to pardon the turkey. Mm. But afterwards, like a lot of people show up, they want to see the turkey pardoned. Uh, but he's got to feed everybody. And he told me. He told me, Maddie. I got a lot of Cascade Figaro and I got a lot of Cascade Song Rouge, but I don't know what to feed people. I can't feed them turkey. It would be hypocritical to pardon the turkey and then not serve turkey. That would be that would be awkward. Yeah, yeah it'd be strange. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be weird. weird. The turkey's going to be there, so mm. he might even have some of the food. He calls you Maddie. Yeah. Okay. First name basis. Okay. Say, hey, Joe. That. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Go along. So, what should Joe have the uh, chefs at the White House cook up? To pair perfectly, and obviously these are two different beers, so there might be different answers for each. But uh, mm-hmm. what food can they make? They also want it to be something relatable that someone could say make at home. You know, not something. How that about the resources of the White House would require? Gotcha. How about a wild mushroom risotto? Ooh, it's gonna be perfect. Okay, throw in any sort of mushrooms you want, especially flavorful ones. But if you want to just stick with white button mushrooms, you can. Saute them up, get them nice and uh, browned. Throw in a good bit of salt, uh, some butter, hopefully, or olive oil could work. Um, definitely saute down some shallots and some garlic, and then um, build up your risotto. And if you want to get extra special, you can throw in some chestnuts, uh, definitely some rosemary. And um, that, to me, sounds incredible. And then if you want to finish it up with uh, melting a um, plank of 
or a big sort of chunk of Taleggio cheese Ooh. on top. Um, the cheese is nice. I don't think you can, I don't think you can go yeah. wrong. I know there's not turkey now. I know we're not eating no. turkey, but my mom's turkey dressing, the dressing. I, I it go nicely, man. With this sang rouge, I'm telling you. you go on. What's sure. your mom's turkey dressing? What's in it? What is turkey? Is turkey dressing I, I, a? I, I, he's I from the you, south, so I it means you, stuffing. I tell you, but right? I have to kill you. Oh no, we call it. We don't call it stuffing. We call oh, it, it dressing. But some might call it stuffing elsewhere. Yeah, people can call it stuffing, but we oh, call okay. it dressing. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like sour beer is. I have the hardest time finding. Especially if you have, if you got some heart. cranberries <laughs> crunched up in it. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm both I'm these beers are going to be fantastic with the traditional Thanksgiving spread. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. which includes turkey. Good. Don't tell Joe. But. Well, we dug ourselves <laughs> a hole with the whole pardoning <laughs> thing. I'll talk to him. Maybe he'll be the first person to not pardon the turkey. <laughs> tell him fuck it. Yeah, fuck the, kill that bastard. We are, we're all eating turkey. Let's be honest. You know what? I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him <laughs> kill the turkey. So if you see that, then you'll know I got through to him. But pairing sours, then, like, what elements are you looking for then when you're looking, do broad strokes terms of, like, pairing a food with a sour, Rich? Th- th- think of it like, um, rather than pairing the food to the sour, pair the sour to the food. As in, think about foods that you like to add a spritz of lemon juice to, okay. or a little bit of vinegar, some pickles alongside. You know, when you add pickles to a burger, what you're doing is adding acidity to cut through something that's fatty and rich, right? <clears throat> and when you add tomato sauce, like, I don't really like... Bianca pizzas, you know, white, white pizzas. I want some tomato sauce in there to, to cut through the richness of the cheese and the oil. And then when you add a vinaigrette to a salad, you know, you're, you're waking it up. Right. Mm. And so sourness is going to wake up foods particularly goes well. Um, you know, it's in contrast, it cuts through, uh, things that are fatty. Um, but then also it can, it can brighten up really any food, like, like even just a, a plate of arugula or something like that, you know, adding a spritz of lemon or vinaigrette or something like that is going to make it more exciting. That's great. That's super helpful. I love it. I think that's a great answer. Um, I need to ship some of these bottles home for, um, for the holiday. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we, before we end this, Rich, do you have anything else you want to say about these two beers? Anything? Some people might have a, a few, a little bit left, a third of a bottle left at home. Anything else? As they taste uh, yeah, so so if you got the big bottles, uh, you don't have to drink them all tonight if you don't want. You're welcome to just park them in the fridge. You don't even need to put a stopper or a lid on them. Uh, if you keep the beers cold, you will reduce the rate of oxidation, and you also reduce the rate that, at which you lose the CO2 out of them. So they should be fine for 24 hours. They're not going to be tip-top shape 24 hours from now, but they'll be really still you know, totally delicious. Awesome. So that's my yeah word to the wise. Cool. So that's our taster of these two Cascade Brewing uh, brewing beers. Great uh, choice, guys. Great they're choice. They're good. Well, they're Rich's choice. Great um, choice, Rich. They rich, were, rich they're again. tasty. And Cascade has like a lot of sours. Like they had, they at my local be. bottle shop, and I know Rich at yours, like they had a ton of different choices. I've liked everything I've ever gotten from them. All have been sours, and I, I'm, I'm pro. You got to give me the name of this place. Cascade. I said it just now. Cascade. No, of the, the bottle shop. Oh, the bottle shop. Yeah, yeah we'll go. All right. <laughs> I was like, it's the bottles in front I'm of me. I'm looking man. right at it. I'm it's two about, feet away. I'm talking about the bottle um, All right, great. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Finish up those beers. Have some turkey tonight. Petition your local, petition the U.S. government. Tell them, yeah. don't pardon that turkey. Um, and until next time, happy brewing. 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 Happy brewing. <laughs> can't get that happy wrong, brewing, man. too. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were podcast. <laughs>